0: you doing today
1: good how are you (laughs) i'm
0: I'm doing good i'm doing good how was uh how was your week (laughs) That's was a loaded question
1: loaded loaded question um you know listen i'm tired (laughs) tired i want to go retire on an island somewhere um no you know my week was productive on so many levels you know, work wise and personal stuff. And um, it'd be great if I wasn't dragged through the media.
0: <laughs> That's the the good well, and the bad with the business, right? My
1: issues. Yeah. It's um it's a little rough. You know, it's like, so here's my day. You know, it's been my mom passed and we're dealing like with her stuff. And it's it's emotional. It's something I procrastinated on um through the pandemic because it was right as the pandemic was happening right before it and I just you know it was very easy to procrastinate on and so I finally decided to tackle it and um it's been really rough it's rough in so many ways like it's takes labor it takes manual labor it takes emotional labor it's it's a lot and um and then I'm in line at the grocery store, you know, and my friend, our friend, Matt Felker texts me and he's like, ah, man, that must really piss you off. And I was like, what, what must really piss me off? (laughs) What is it now? And he's like, you know, I'm not going to even mention their name because these news outlets don't even deserve an extra click. Please don't go looking for the story. Please don't give them extra, um, extra anything, any traffic on their sites. Um, and they're photographing, you know, me and my 11 year old in our private garage going through this and cleaning out stuff and like meaningful things and, you know, going through this. And I'm just like, Hey, that's really ballsy. You know, um, that garage that they were photographing me in is in Burbank, which is a super conservative town. <laughs> you could get shot. For hiding in somebody's yard. (laughs) In good old Burbank. (laughs) Like, um, I know it's become more diverse over the years, but it is still based on a lot of conservatism. And um, you don't go into people's yards and, and then photograph their neighbors in their private so that was ballsy. Um, and and then you sit there and you go through like in your mind, like, oh my God, what was happening that day? What did I do? Was I crying? Was this person watching me like crying? Like, um, you know, just all of the invasiveness of it all. And, you know, watching my little girl who's innocent to all of this and it's just so unfair. And, um, you know, the headline is like a slimmed down Nicole Eggert um, seen for the first time, making her first public appearance. In 18 months. Public appearance, going to your garage is not a public appearance. True. (laughs) Okay, let's get that straight. I do go to restaurants every day. I do go to the supermarket. I go to malls. I do have a life. Like, I do live. I go to meetings. I do go do stuff. So um, my garage is not a public appearance, and I've not been hidden away in my home for 18 months. And um, But what was gold? What is true gold is reading the comments, because I never normally do that. And I was like, come on, someone's got to agree with me on this. Like, someone's got to be on my side. And all the comments were like, what is wrong with you?
0: <laughs> Good.
1: Cleaning a garage. What do you want her in the red bikini? Do you want her, like, in high heels? Like, what is it you're expecting of her while your creeper photographer is hiding in the bushes? And how long were they in the bushes? And, like, what, what is it you expect her to be doing and looking like? So um, that kind of gave me life. And I was able to laugh it off and go on with my day. Whereas, oh, go ahead.
0: No, no, I just, I feel so bad because moving is number one, the worst thing to do. Moving is so stressful and terrible and exhausting. But then, as you said, your mother passed. I mean, things you're going through are things that are just tearing at your heart. And it's just taken, you know, a, a mental toll on you. And then your daughter's there watching, you know, her mom going through a tough time and then you have some guy taking pictures when you're wearing your most comfortable clothing. It's not, yeah. I mean, come on. It's, it's so unfair to say it, the game started. I didn't know the game was, you know, was going, I didn't know there was a, was, you know, an out, there was a business opportunity for somebody else in the situation. It's, it's, as you said, there are laws against it. So it's very, yeah, very there frustrating are. for you. Yeah. They,
1: they broke a couple laws there. They shouldn't be f- photographing my daughter or even photographing when a minor is in, um, in the presence and they shouldn't be photographing on um, private property. But with all that being said, they still do it. And um, I always just chalk it up to, well, they they care that I'm cleaning out my garage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it means you're relevant. That. that's what it means, relevant.
1: Like, honestly, honestly what pissed me off the most and, and I'm gonna be just completely transparent is that they obviously followed me from there to my new place. And that's what pisses me off is that they probably know where I live now. Yeah. So I have uh, yeah. my my secret move didn't turn so secret.
0: Well, you know what? I, I just realized maybe my feelings should be heard a little bit, Nicole. You know, you you and I met in January for coffee. There were no pictures. <laughs> I picked a good Damn spot. It. I picked the smart yeah, spot. Yeah, you did. You sure did. You sure did. Yeah. Damn it! I guess you I'm know, not relevant the <laughs> very
1: the very next day though this happened to erica Alaniac and she yeah. took to instagram and was really upset so it made me feel so much more comforted because i i i see how hurt this can this can really hurt people she was visibly upset she was really hurt by her story and um and that that bothers me more than them doing it on me. I'm used to it. My skin is so thick and I'm so over it. Like the, the Nicole it's fat stuff is just so old that, um, I, I don't, it, it, blows off my shoulders, but for her, it's not, you know, and it's new and they, they, we, we will have her next week, hopefully fingers crossed. Cool. We'll have her next week and we can talk about, um, her feelings on it and what she went through because it's just, you know, bullshit.
0: You know what? I, I saw it. And I know, as you said, she's going to join us next week. Um, You've introduced me to her and she's she's as sweet as you are. And to watch her crying on yeah. in front of a camera was was so sad to, to yeah. watch. It felt so bad for her. And uh, I, I'm like you. I was, you know, say I have thick skin, do whatever you want to me. Um, but man, when you hurt my friends or my family, it's a whole nother story. And she was hurt by it. And it was was really hard to watch. It was really hard.
1: And she's going through some stuff and it's her story to tell. And, um, you know, that's the thing is like, people don't realize like people are going through things in their life. Like, especially today, right now, like everybody's at this age, right? Like you're going through life things that are like major and you probably shouldn't pick on people for stupid shit like the way they look and what they're doing with their day
0: exactly right exactly so let's, move right.
1: On. let's move on from that mess um we've got a really cool guest today i was super excited because um i always wanted to be a stunt girl
0: you want to be a circus so, of the stars you talked about well, it yeah. about acting yeah
1: but even before then um when I was a kid whenever i was on a show where there needed to be a stunt involved i always tried to talk my way into being hired as the stunt person and so much so that i um the stunt guys of america or what the union they got me my own little jacket when i was a kid and I, man i cool. wish i still had it yeah it was this like brown windbreaker jacket it had the tan logo on the back and um i was always involved i was, always was right there i didn't take the time off i stayed on set and um it, it just always intrigued me and it's seems so much more fun than like just reading dialogue like you got to do something physical and um so we have Ashley Cusdato on who amazingly didn't you also do some stunt work on Baywatch like coincidentally?
2: Yes, hi hi Nicole, hi Dave, hi. it's good to see you. Hi. Thanks for having me today. I did. I actually my career started on Baywatch. Um I went to UC Santa Barbara and I swam competitively. And then uh, I was asked to be on the show and I was a beach lifeguard in Malibu. So I was an act. I was actually a a beach lifeguard at the time. And that's how that came about. I
1: love that. I love that so much. So what was your first, like, um, did the Baywatch people, did the production just reach out to you and say, oh, hey, um, we need a stop? Because I know, I know they always go to uh, lifeguards first because we always had legit lifeguards on set all the time before stunt people. Um, so did they just like contact you and say, we need X, Y, Z. And you were like, yeah, I'm in.
2: Uh, yes, pretty much. Uh, basically it was Greg Barnett was the stunt coordinator on Baywatch yeah. and uh, Scott Hubble was very involved as well. And uh, Greg, Greg Bonan, of course, the the Greg created Baywatch for anyone at home who. Who isn't familiar? And uh, he was a lifeguard as well. So they created this show years, years ago, as you know. And they did reach out, and it was for it was for an acting role that required me to do my own stunt work in the ocean. So that's that's how it all started. It was I had, yeah. So I went to school. I went actually studied finance and didn't and ended up jumping in the entertainment business and was really work looking to work also as an actress and you think oh okay well what what attributes do you have like what how do you just narrow the pool of um of who's being considered so that you work more and i was an athlete and so it was natural for me to do my own stunts and so i booked a lot of roles like right away just Um, doing my own action, whatever that situation was. And in in Baywatch's case, it was being a, um, whether, if it wasn't just being a, you know, a beach lifeguard, it was some action piece, of course, that happens in the ocean, on the beach. And that's what we were responding to every day as a lifeguard, is all the things that they were writing about. So yeah, it was, it was fun. And Greg Barnett is such a nice guy too. Such a good guy. Yeah, such a good guy, just a good heart.
1: I just recently saw a picture of him and Momoa on set of um, that Fast, the new Fast, whatever they call it now. It's like X or something but the Fast and Furious franchise. Oh, right, right, um, right. Them on set, yeah, and it's just so good. I love seeing, you know, your good friends like doing so well. And yeah, Greg Barnett was everything. Scott Hubble. I, it's funny because he just came up in a conversation the other day, and I was like. He was my everything in the water. Like he was everything. I was like that was my lifeline. I felt safe because he was there. Like no shark was going to get me
2: because he was going to punch the shark. He would would punch the shark. That's funny. Shark shark for me. (laughs) Yeah, that's so sweet. Scott is a wonderful human being, and his family has been a dear friend. And he's been he's been a mentor to me over the years, especially when I first started. And uh, he's such a good guy. So that makes me feel really good that that you felt the same way.
1: Yeah. He was like safety net. Tell him I say hello if you speak to Absolutely. him. Absolutely, I, yeah, yeah. I, I will. I will. I will.
2: Yeah, he's be I am thrilled that. to hear that.
1: That's so good. And yes, and then because um, we're doing a Baywatch documentary, so we are revisiting everything. And um, Michael Newman, who also was big for the water, I don't know if you worked with Michael with Newmi. He's uh, also yes, a I,
2: know. I know Mike. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we all swim. We all swam once after college. We all swam up in the Pacific Palisades at training masters or whatever. Mike was always up there as well.
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, we've caught up with him with the documentary, and he's um, he has a oh. wonderful story that we'll share. And um, yes, yeah, so I find that so cool. So what what other stuff did you get to do? Because I was always like, I like the guns. I like falling. Um, But, you know, some sets won't let you be the actress and the stunt. They're like, no, insurance is cutting this off. You can't do that. And I'm sure it's getting more and more strict these days. But I know back in the 90s, they they were a little bit more loosey-goosey with it.
2: Yeah, I think it depends on the set of circumstance. Sometimes it benefits production to hire someone who can do both you're killing two birds with one stone. And sometimes it's not right. Um, There are definitely times that I wake up and I'm driving to set and I think to myself, why do I complicate this for myself? Right. Where you're doing everything and you feel like I'd love to just go on set and just say lines sometimes. Right. (laughs) I've thought that too. So it's kind of funny. We both, you know, think the The other, you know, the opposite sometimes. So it just depends on what it is. I mean, on, on the Baywatch piece, just to, to, um, uh, to wrap that piece up is and I ended up after um doing a role that that I was also doing my own stunt work I ended up doubling for the other actresses so Yasmine Bleeth and um I think I did a couple things for Gina Nilo- Lee Nolan at the time um, and that was all underwater where you couldn't tell that I was a brunette and she's a little taller than I am <laughs> but um yeah it, like it always leads to something else and I think what happens with uh once you start working as a stunt woman uh, your skill set expands. And I mean, the, the skill set's always there if you're an athlete, uh, but it's a matter of what other lanes do you like? No pun intended, but what other lanes do you swim in? So you do all underwater stunts. And then, you know, I started studying martial arts and, you know, uh, Yoshukai karate. And so you develop that skill and then you, you start working on choreographed fight scenes. Um, and it led to, uh, I, Warner Brothers called me to stunt double for Jennifer Aniston in, in a film. Rumor had it, has it, excuse me, and went through stunt driving school with Rick Seaman, who is one of the best uh, stunt driving, um, I guess, uh, coordinators and coaches and training, you know, facilities at the time. And so that opened up car commercials, right? So then it all it always leads to something else really interesting. Uh, even being harnessed, I remember we did a, a piece. Big international Microsoft spot, and and we were harnessed and dropped, you know, five stories through the atrium of this beautiful building in downtown LA. So there's all all sorts of things you. It's, it really is an adventure because <laughs> you yeah. don't know what's going to come up next.
1: Yeah, like what's your day going to be like, right? And they're like, oh, and then we have this other scene where you're going to roll down a set of stairs.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah, you're going to do that. Yeah. Well,
2: That's hopefully, weird. you know, going in there's a, a, a frame, a general framework as to what's expected, right? Because you obviously always want to execute a stunt safely. You want to um, uh, be smart about what jobs you take, what jobs you pass on, depending on what your skill is and what your sk- skill level is. Like I always say, I'll never show up to set um, or take a job if I'm not confident I can't do it in the first take or, you know, nail it right away. Because you don't necessarily need to do a lot of takes of, of some of these action pieces. And you know, it's almost better not to. If, yeah, if I was gonna if say, like,
1: can we just right. do this one and done and risk right. <laughs> right. our lives at once?
2: <laughs> right. I mean, that should be the goal, right? There's no rehearsal necessary. Let's just roll the cameras. Yeah. Um, you know, you do a walkthrough, 50%, boom, 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 here where your marks are, you know where you need to be, depending on what it is, and um, and and shoot it. That's I love that.
1: I know Greg Barnett is like the best he's the best of the best in the business like Mm -hmm. he just is such a good guy and he's so like um, I love how he would like really walk you through every little thing because we did a lot of explosion things too on Baywatch so that was always kind of sketchy because you're like well that thing is going to explode behind me (laughs) you know like how do I not get hit in the head um So he always was so clear and just so kind and over, you know, making sure we knew exactly what was going to go down and how it was going to go down. So tell us about your, um, because I I saw that you have um, a stunt girl line or something that you're doing.
2: Yeah. So after, you know, working the business as a stunt woman for a while, you think, well, what else you always want to expand and, Develop Like I said, I'm always interested in developing skills, right? And so I ultimately went into producing as well, and did a documentary film, and then also uh, have the trademark to a brand, Stunt Girl right? And, um, and Stunt Girl's philosophy is that you can be a Stunt Girl no matter what you choose to do in life. It doesn't mean you have to be an athlete. You don't have to be an actual Stunt Girl. A stunt, being a Stunt Woman is about reaching your potential, right? And being willing to take risks and stepping outside your comfort zone. And uh, that's the ultimate philosophy of the brand, because I really want it to be able to have um, be inclusive of everyone. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I love we do that have-
1: so much. Where do you find that? Is it stuntgirl.com or
2: where do you yeah, malibu stuntgirl.com, or you can come to Ashley Love Cusato, C-U-S-A-T-O.com. And I have merchandise there. So if you want to wear a little cool little stunt girl shirt and some so you know cool. things that we're we're launching, uh and also on, on my Instagram, Ashley Cusato. So at Ashley Cusato, C-U-S-A-T-O. There's also um, merchandise as well. And and we try to keep everybody updated. And we're gonna. We also. I developed a few different shows as well around the brand, so non-scripted and scripted uh, around the franchise, and just looking to build it out and really expand. Oh, I
1: love that! It's like the um, the Bionic Woman or like the Six Million Dollar Man in present day, right?
2: Right, exactly. Modern love day, those, right? Yeah, <laughs> and live yes. for
1: that. yeah. And tell us about your doc really quick before.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah. Major Capers, the legend of Team Broadminded. And it's a story about a true American hero um, who had persevered through adversity during a time of civil unrest in the Vietnam era and rose to become one of the highest decorated force recon Marines in history. And so um, our Marine Corps generals had brought me the story and we've been really committed to it and finished the documentary. I ended up you know, writing and directing and producing the film and it's now um, on iTunes and other streamers. So
1: we can see it now yes yes everybody go check that out well i just love a beautiful woman like yourself who's also badass like that is just so cool and i don't you totally see her as Yasmin's Stunt devil when she said that i was like yes i see it (laughs) yeah I, i totally see it and you guys really like uh it's funny because we just had uh my good friend on paul ruddy who's a casting director and he was saying that um the two most unrecognized um, departments in the industry is stunts and casting and that there's no you know there's no award there's nothing for like nobody ever thinks that uh, those departments there's no award for it and um, and I it made me like it made my heart cry a little bit because I was like those are always my like two favorite people is the casting and um, it, stunts because stunts was so cool because when I was a little girl, they would have adults that were small, that would be my stunt doubles, and so they would like teach me right. about stuff and show me stuff. So um, I don't know; I've always been fascinated with it. I always wished I would have been a stunt woman. Oh,
2: Although
1: I do. Well, I, 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 I can really, feel honestly. better.
2: Your neck probably doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it does. So
1: I really would have been a mess. <laughs> no, because I, I I took it upon myself to break my back in three places. Oh in private oh,
2: life so um, oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry i was bound,
1: I was bound to be uh hurting <laughs> i was bound to be broken um it's okay <laughs> so but i love that so much i'm gonna definitely go check it out and get some of your merch i want some oh and, thank um,
2: you i appreciate that nicole very much and and it's it, we appre- i just appreciate women supporting women as well it's it's really nice thank you
1: it is, and we got to do that. And
2: um, yes. thank you and so I- much
1: for taking the time to be with us. Oh,
2: and- absolutely. And I, I also want to just send my condolences to you and your mom because I, I do understand that as well. I lost my father be- just before the pandemic, and it's it's hard, and it's a process. Right. It is.
1: It really- um, that that's both my parents gone now, and oh. um, such a weird feeling. So my condolences yeah. to you also, because you. It's funny because I kind of realize, like you hear people say, "Oh." You know, my father passed or my mother passed or whatever. And it's it's like childbirth where you don't know what anybody's talking about until you experience it. Like it's just something mm-hmm. that's so – there's no words for it. And um, so, yes, love to everybody who's gone through it, going through it, going to go through it. And, um, yeah.
2: It's true. You don't know until you are in that position. And I think if there's any silver lining, there is – there, there's a, It's very, it's a very powerful process that transition when somebody transitions from the physical form to potentially, you know, something greater than what we we we're living in in this dimension. Let's say well, who knows whatever anyone's belief system is, but um, but there is a, a will that happens. There's a, sort of a sheer will of strength, and I if we can leave on that point, you know, since we are talking about um talking about that in in general today is just. Uh, When, when your parents leave you, we always have that feeling of that safety. If you, if you're lucky enough to have a a good um, parent, father, mother, and, and all of a sudden it's now you, you are the strength, you are the pillar for your daughter, you, you know, or if you have a family and, and so it's definitely an, an interesting, it's, it's definitely a powerful experience.
1: It is. And I don't know about you, but my parents are still nagging me in my dreams. Like they still come to me from <laughs> sleep. They don't leave me alone. They have not left me alone yet.
2: So um, <laughs> I'll never forget, <laughs> as soon as after my dad passed, my friend Danny, actually a commercial director friend of mine, came in. He says, So how are the dreams going? And I said, What do you mean? He goes, You haven't had dreams yet. And sure enough, yes, you have reoccurring dreams. You're processing everything. That's yeah. interesting. Oh, my
1: mom is still all over my ass controlling <laughs> everything from my sleep. Yes, it is. Um, it's it's interesting. It's it's interesting for sure. Well, we'll
2: have to talk about that another time. But thank yeah. you so much for having me. It was really, really great to see both of you. Yes,
1: great to see you. Thank you so much for being here with us.
2: Thank you. Thank we'll you, see
1: soon. For Thank look out for your you work very soon. much.
2: What's that? Thank I'm sorry. You,
1: I'm looking forward to your work in the future too to see check out oh, everything okay. Thank you, Nicole. I appreciate
0: that. Yeah, stay in touch. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. Bye, guys. Bye. -bye. That's uh, that that was cool. So I got now. I have stunt questions for you because (laughs) I always find it fascinating. It's you know my world has always been sports, and sports people always want to be musicians or actors, and then you always run into. Actors that want to do something more active, whether it's, it's yeah. you know being a professional baseball player or, or whatever else. But you've talked about this a few times, how, yeah. when you were a kid, Circus of the Stars was a big deal. Yeah. And at the same time, stunts. Now, as a kid who, who loves the industry that you're in, I used to go to Universal Studios all the time. And one of the things they used to say on the tour at Universal Studios was, you know, Burt Reynolds and Clint Eastwood were both stuntmen who became actors. And, you know, their careers, of course, are legendary. But my, my question is, and I I argue with a real close friend of mine about this all the time. He loves the Mission Impossible movies. And he goes, Tom Cruise does all his own stunts. He loves Tom Cruise. Loves Tom Cruise. Thinks Tom Hanks stinks as an actor. Tom Cruise is the greatest <laughs> actor of all time. We fight about this all the time. I said, nobody hates Tom Hanks but you. And then we go through this whole argument all the time. And I said, there's no way Tom Cruise is doing all these these stunts who would insure him for this and he we argue about this him. all the time so yeah my, my question is when you wanted to do stuff nicole and they said no we have somebody that's going to go in your place and do it what was the argument back was it an insurance deal or we can't afford to injure you what was what well was the argument yeah it's back? all
1: it's all of the above first let's start with i'm not tom Cruise. okay <laughs> I'm not Tom Cruise. I don't have the last say in production. I don't have any say. Um, No, but it was funny because like I remember one of my first experiences with a stunt person was I think it was like Fantasy Island. One of these Aaron Spelling shows and I was a kid and I was supposed to be like in a tree um, over like a lake or a pond or something and then the character falls out of the tree and just like rolls down into the water and I was like I want to do it. Let me do it. I want to get in the water because me always wanting to be in the water too. And, um, you know, like I said, they would bring adults in that were smaller in size and that looked, you know, had the physique of, of, you know, a little bit more childlike. And they'd say, no, 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 no. And I'm like, that tree limb is like five feet from the water. I can fall in there. I can dive off of there. I can do all kinds of things. And they're like, no, 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 no. But you can't. And, um, so I would have to watch, but I remember the stunt people always being so gracious and saying to me, this is how we're going to do it. And like, let me be involved with like the process and watch them shoot it. And, um, it was always so fun. And then I remember, uh, they said, well, you are going to get into the water because we're going to put you into the pool because we're going to need to do close up. It's going to have to look like this pond. And I remember they filled this swimming pool with like blue dye. And I got into the swimming pool, and I came out jet blue.
0: (laughs) Like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory? Yeah, like Willy
1: Wonka or a smurf. I was like, what the hell is this? So, um, you know, there was its ups and downs with those those stunts. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, she fell into the actual lake on the studio a lot, and then I was, like, in a heated swimming pool full of blue dye. Um, Oh, my gosh. But, you know. Oh, my
0: gosh that's uh, it's funny being a stunt person was something I never dreamed of doing. I know there's a way to fall, and and you know everything else that she was talking about, I thought was interesting. One of the things I thought was kind of cool was that being a stunt driver, because we yeah, we've stunt all seen is super cool, yeah, right. And, and then I wonder, okay, let's say I was a stunt driver, you're a stunt driver, and you're driving on the four hundred five. You attempted <laughs> to make your moves. You know what I mean? Like I got somewhere to be. Watch this you know
1: <laughs> literally you're trained for it that's really Go the hell of your
0: kids yeah
1: well but are you in the cage car that's <laughs> you know?
0: that's the difference yeah you know, that's, that, you're probably that's... not oh yeah i know this
1: is not work and like um and until you know it's wild because this whole alec baldwin issue where oh you know, he shot off this round and it was a real live round right <laughs> up until then um i always wanted to shoot my own guns like i don't ever want to like touch a gun on set again now and you realize like, God, how stupid were we that we were just like pointing guns at each other and shooting. But there, you know, you were convinced that there was blanks in there. Like you, like why would there ever be a live round on set and how did it make it to the actor's hands? So I have a lot of sympathy for him. I know a lot of people don't, um, I I do have a lot of sympathy for him because I don't think he sleeps well at night. I don't think that this is, um, something he is in any way, shape, or form proud of or okay with. And I'm sure he's, I'm sure part of him is ruined. And like the lives. I'm sure he does not take this lightly. And um, I think about that and I'm like, wow, we would just sit there and shoot, shoot guns at each other and do this. I've, I've done quite a few movies where there's gun play involved and this could have happened to anybody at any time and so for me it's horrifying and um you always knew like you don't point it right at your head or point it too close to anybody but you know you do point it in the direction of whatever you're supposed to be shooting and i've been burned by um blanks you know they do they they still can like burn you and um there's a fire that comes off of those so i can't even imagine how live ammunition got offset with that but um that kind of changes I, things you know that makes that really takes the fun out of it all
0: well a couple things is it now like, I've never shot a gun with the blanks in it I, I don't know but I've, you've always heard stories I mean when I was growing up I'm sure you're grown up too about people that held a gun too close to their body or their head that had blanks in it and it still would do damage or kill somebody sure. and um which is extremely frightening right there but the Alec Baldwin thing, and look, I don't know Alec Baldwin. I mean, you can take him or leave him, whatever anyone thinks. And I know people want to bring politics into it, but look, man, there's a life that was lost. Plus, when you think of Alec Baldwin now, who's really honestly a fantastic actor, this is the first thing you're going to think about him the rest of you know his life, the rest of your life when you hear his name is the worst moment that he had zero control over. He had zero control over what happened, and his life is completely damaged. As you mentioned, he probably is not sleeping well at night. Of course he's not. No. Of course not. It's way more
1: more than his reputation. I mean, he has a visual that he's obviously replaying in his mind, right? Like, he did that. He pulled that trigger to somebody he was probably very close with and was working very closely with. And um, that's devastating. That's horrifying. That's like your worst nightmare. You're there to be doing make-believe. And somehow this turns into real life catastrophe and all my sympathy goes out to her family, her husband and family and her kids and everything. And um, I'm not sure where they stand on it because this was kind of a topic where I was like, whoa, this is way too heavy. This is way too close to home. And I, I, I didn't follow that closely because I just knew this was just a travesty all around um but i don't even know that that family did that family want justice like did they want him to go to jail
0: i i don't know all the details i just think just on you know, the surface multiple lives were ruined and uh I lives pulled, were ruined. and this was not alec baldwin's choice you know um no. and that's that's the sad part something horrible happened and that was not his choice where usually we can say hey this person made a bad decision on this day and this is why this happened this yeah. wasn't his decision to change the right. whole life upside and down.
1: I think, I think there's the argument of that he should have checked his own gun. Um, but the thing about that is, is when you're on set and there's gun safety, they come up and they show you. And are you, like, when you're ready to roll and you're ready to shoot, you're in the moment, you're trusting that they're doing their job, are you actually checking the, the bullets? Because they do look very similar. Just one is flat on the end and one is rounded. And, like, if you're just seeing them in a chamber, like – It's wild. And you think about it and you're like, yes, you're holding a weapon in your hand. Okay, probably we should be checking this over and carefully and double checking it, triple checking it, like making sure that gun doesn't go anywhere else besides your own hands. But it wasn't like that. You know, this is make-believe. This is Hollywood. This is not real. And you're doing a job and it's all fun and games until it's not and um i don't know i have a lot of empathy goes out to him and and to her family and to everybody on set that witnessed it and experienced it quite honestly
0: you know speaking from just my point who's never you know held a gun that had blanks in it again i have no idea i wouldn't think nicole for a second that could possibly be a live round i'd be thinking in my mind all right show me the gun i've seen it a million times I got to hit my mark. I got to remember my lines. we got to get the best scene we could possibly get. The gun is the least of my concerns because this has never happened before. So why would I be so concerned about something that has never, ever happened before? Right. You know,
1: but the one thing I did read about on that set, because they were out, um, out on location that they were doing real live rounds. They were doing like target practice. So um that's something that's different than any other normal set like that I've ever been on. There's never been a live round on any set, but I guess because they were out, you know, out in the big open, wide open, and they were doing yeah. target practice that so they did bring live rounds on. Um, but still you really trust in that gun wrangler. Like that's their job. That's yep. their job to make sure that no live rounds go on set, no live rounds are pointed at anybody. So and, you know, and that person's life, like, I'm uh, uh, pretty positive they didn't do it on purpose. Um, and their life is ruined, even though they're the one at fault. And everybody who had to witness it and experience it and who had been on sets and been around gunfire plenty of times, it's changed them forever. It's just. Exactly right. Yeah, completely wild and sad.
0: Exactly right. All right, I have yeah. a couple questions for you before we get to uh two meal back. Just, 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 just my okay. random questions. One is um, Derek Jeter. Okay. Uh, former Yankee. Okay. And <laughs> he, he, here's, here's the story I used to run on my, my sports show all the time. Used to be, if you could be any athlete in the world, who would you be? And it was 90 something percent was always Derek Jeter. People would call in and say Derek Jeter, because not only was he playing in the number one media market, he played the number one position playing shortstop played for the New York Yankees, the most famous franchise, but everybody knew about the girls that Derek Jeter used to date. And then all of a sudden I find out, Nicole, you knew Derek Jeter. So you got to help us out here. All right. Again, he was, he was the guy overwhelmingly nine out of 10 guys would say they want to be Derek Jeter because of of course the baseball, but also the women. What was Derek Jeter like?
1: Um, (laughs) well, first of all, I met him. He approached me at um, Dennis Rodman's bar in Newport Beach, okay. California. And was this
0: during baseball season or during the off season? Do you have any idea? It
1: had to be. It had to be during baseball because they had okay. to be there playing the Dodgers, the
0: Angels. Well, probably the Angels, American League team. Um, probably, I think it, probably there.
1: We went to a Dodgers game. Okay, but maybe the Angels. You okay. know better than I do. Um, yeah, so they're down there. But they always stayed in Orange County, whether they were playing in LA or. I don't know. They loved it down there. Um, and he approached me and I just was like, oh, he looked like a tall, good looking guy. That's all. Like, I had no idea who he was. I had no clue whatsoever about a Yankee. Anything. Do you know
0: what year this is? Around what year?
1: Um, no, I don't know what year it is. Um, but he was like player number one. He wore the number one on his back. No, I don't know. My no, no, Cord text me and tell me when what year this was because um, yeah, yeah. when yeah, when I two, went out yeah. to when I went out to New York to go see a Yankees game, I brought Cord with me and his wife. Um, no, I mean he was very like kid like. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to say it. He was like super playful, um, and and then I was like, okay, so I'll. He was good looking. I mean, let's just be honest, aside from anything you would know about him, he's a good looking guy. So I accepted a date with him and it just, everything was baseball and I knew nothing or anything about baseball.
0: Uh, Idiot. (laughs) He
1: hadn't hadn't yet traveled out of the country. He was like, yeah, I I went to Puerto Rico and I was like, Puerto Rico is the United States, buddy. <laughs> um, so there wasn't just there wasn't a lot in common, and um, but we hung out a bit. We so we we met in Orange County and went to a game there. Uh, he flew me out to New York, which was funny too because he was like, "Wait till you see the planes! They're like um, every other row of seating." I was like, "I don't think they're gonna like fly me out on your team plane," but. <laughs> I don't think when you just book with you know whatever airline it is that they're just going to put me on the the team plane. Of course, it wasn't. It was a regular, it was a regular flight. But so I went out there. It was fun. We hung out, um, and then saw him again here in LA again for uh, a Dodger game for sure. And um, you know, there was nothing in common. <laughs>
0: Just did not, not a lot, really
1: yeah. Other than, like two good looking people hanging out. They're, did they're you, really
0: uh, looking, did really you pay out. attention to his career after that? About you know, the list of the famous women that that you know, the Jessica Alba's, the Jessica Beals, and just on and on and on. I
1: mean, stuff that's unavoidable that like just is on your, your computer yeah. screen, whatever, when you open, but I didn't go into depth of reading about it or anything like that. Um, nice guy, gentleman, nice guy good guy I'm happy for him and his success and um, it looks like he's got this beautiful family and I, it, he came from a great family he always spoke highly of his family so all of those things um, as a friend great I have like nothing but positive you know as a dating prospect it was sort of a no. dead end
0: <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a match wasn't no. a match that, that's that's funny alright here's here's another random question for you because this happened to me this week and you were kind of involved in it have you ever texted someone and talking about another person, but the person you're talking about, it went to them. And just a quick backstory, I was writing to someone about you. Oh,
1: yeah, I was and, like, I was involved, it, I was directly involved.
0: I it, it didn't realize it. So just to let everyone else in. So Nicole's on the, the text, my son Josh is on the text and, and me, and and I was responding to somebody else about you and you had no idea I was talking to someone about you. But I sent it to you and to Josh. And then Josh wrote me privately. And I said nice things, thank God. But Josh said to me privately in another text right after, holy shit, that could have gone really bad. could have gone really bad. yeah, it could have. But no, I, I, my true feelings came out that I was saying how, how great you were. But in my mind afterwards, when you guys started laughing about it, I was like, holy shit. This
1: could that
0: this could have been bad and other people could have done it. And I was like, I wonder if Nicole's ever done this too. I think other people have done this can relate to this.
1: I've done this. And mine was, You've bad. Done it. Mine was bad. bad. Mine was bad. Was it bad. a girl, was a guy you were talking about? A girl.
0: Okay. Um,
1: it was a friend who I had just had it with. I mean, listen, she was not a good friend. Um, this friendship needed to end anyways. Um, and I was talking about her and sent it to her. Oh, shit. And it was like, I was. <laughs> Who, did you realize it? No, I, after don't sin or did I don't know. She call that. You? I, called, I called her names.
0: Oh, shit. Did she contact you or did you realize, oh, fuck, I just put sin to the wrong person?
1: No, she said, what? Oh, fuck. <laughs> she wrote back, are you talking to me? And I was like. Because ah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's so easily done. Yeah, right? like, yeah. Oh, it's so embarrassed right now for you. On, yeah, because she was she was texting me about something again. that was completely opportunistic and completely like bullshit, and just the same kind of behavior she was always, you know, showing and whatever. I knew I had to be done with this, but I was texting with somebody else about it, so they were right next to each other, and I sent it to her. I sent, <laughs> sent it. But you know what? At the end of the day, it was a blessing because it yeah. did hit the bud. Um, I was honest, even though I wasn't ready to like be that fully honest. Um, I was, and she could see it and saw how I felt. And um, I don't ever have to talk to her again.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, oh my god. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. At least I'm not the only one that did it, but at least mine did wasn't wasn't terrible. Holy shit. That is funny. But you're right. You, now you don't have to deal with a toxic person. So it worked out for the best.
1: That's yeah, over. It's all good. Oh it's, my I should have I done it from the beginning. Yeah, today would have been a much different day, wouldn't it be, Dave?
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I'm yeah. an
1: asshole. But we yeah, put up with her.
0: we have been to introduce <laughs> a new co-host. <laughs> All right, let's not, let's knock out this mailbag. Again, if you want to ask Nicole a question, all you have to do is go to the website, perfectlytwistedpod.com. Mailbag's right there. It's right in the front. You can't miss it. Uh, I have a list of questions for you. This one is from Carter Lennox. It says, being a star in the right age, did you ever audition for Beverly Hills 90210 or Melrose Place?
1: I didn't. Um, I actually did not. Uh, I'm pretty sure Aaron brought me in for everything else. A lot of the stuff that came through Aaron's office were um, offers. He would just send me to do a guest appearance on all of it. But he would bring me into his office and try to find a show for me. But no, I never actually like auditioned in front of him for anything in particular. I think that you would have been perfect then. for
0: both those shows. Both those shows seemed like you would have fit right in.
1: Yeah, I but I might have been a little bit too old for nine hundred two one zero because that was more okay. like my sister's genre. Like those girls are younger. than well, I it was about
0: ninety two. I was about ninety two.
1: Um, I hate to say
0: yeah. it, Nicole. I've watched everyone I never missed one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I no, I didn't. Comparisons
0: uh, that I watched. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That that was it. But to me, you would have fit right in perfectly with with them. But at the time, tell me if I'm wrong the actors they chose for 90210 were really kind of unknown. So it wasn't like so-and-so. Like, if you would have been on that show, people would have recognized you from Well, that's, work.
1: And maybe that's maybe that has something to do with it as well yeah. because um, I would have been coming right out right out of Baywatch. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's not what they were going for.
0: All right, next question. As a mom, what do you let your daughters watch when they grew up?
1: <laughs> well, you know, that's funny because... I swear to God, my life is on this like broken record repeat. So my youngest likes all the exact same shows my oldest liked. So it's Hannah Montana. It's Zoe 101. It's all those old Disney, um, those Disney shows. Um, even like Pokemon, my little ponies, all of this is like, I'm repeating everything. Like there's been nothing new introduced and, um, it, what was old is new again and it's all just come right back around so the little tv that my daughter does watch um like the other day she asked me can i watch mean girls and i was like i don't know i don't know i got it i have to rewatch it <laughs> yeah. let me rewatch it and then i'll get back to you so um you know it's that's a tough one i'm actually doing a podcast this week on um about what what you let your kids watch and what movies are okay and what are not okay and it's kind of wild what we used to watch and used to be acceptable and it's just really not anymore so
0: yeah no you're you're absolutely right you're absolutely right all right it's funny we kind of talked about this at the beginning of the show but the question is so many people comment on your body do you hate that part of your that part of the business
1: um no, what well, part of the business I hate is the aging that they shame women for aging. The body, like listen, everybody gets a little pear-shaped and um and that's you can change that, right? You can work on that. You can you can always lose weight. That's not like a thing. So if someone really cares that much, they can work on it and figure it out. But I think it's more of like the aging. But it is kind of stupid when they put you, um, they take a picture of you at 51 and put it next to you when you're 21. And you're like, and, and what to me makes me laugh even worse is I'm like, my body was way better at 35 than it was at 21. Yeah. Like, if you want to compare, after I had my first baby, my body like changed and turned into like this machine and I could work. I worked out a lot. I, I just became more of like an, a woman than when I was 21. So go ahead and put me next to the 21. I prefer 35-year-old. <laughs> I like
0: it. I like <laughs> it. That you can know the exact, the exact age. As a guy, same thing. I know the exact age where I thought I was at my best. Yeah. Um, did you ever turn down a job that later became a huge hit?
1: Um, I don't know if I turned down the jobs necessarily, but there were a lot of, they were like E.T. was a big one that I was like right there, Boogie wow. Nights, um, American Boogie History Nights. X, like I screen tested for all of these and, um, wow, you know, it was like down to the wire and didn't get them. And, you know, there was a reason why. And, you know, I'm going to let that be in the universe is like, there's a reason why. So but uh, they were really great experiences, and um, yeah, I really, I really wanted to do American History X really bad. But um, and Boogie Nights, I would, and ET, like oh my god, and um, yeah, no it, kidding. yeah, and, and then there were a ton of movies of the week, so I could go on and on, like the Burning Bed, um, uh, the uh, Amityville Horror. That was another one I was going wow. back and back and testing and testing. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot I wanted and didn't get, but I don't think I turned them down. That's not how that's not how it rolled out. Did
0: he, in Boogie Nights? Did you know what role it was? Would it have been Heather roller Graham's girl. role,
1: Roller, roller girl. girl.
0: So obviously there's there's nudity in that one. Would that have been an issue for you for you? No,
1: no. I was hot. I was like in my 30s. Get <laughs> <laughs> up, yeah. roller skate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. <Sure>. Uh, let- <laughs> Last question for you. What would be your bucket list job in this industry?
1: Oh, um, okay. Bucket list job would A, be to produce something that's really successful and amazing and not necessarily be in it, but have been part of the creative process. That's huge bucket list for me. And then second, like as an actress to be in a Wes Anderson film.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's cool.
1: It's my all-time like. It, that's my all-time like dream. If I could, if he would ever have me, that's what I would want to do.
0: That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Well, we knocked out another one, and next week I'm excited about Erica joining us. I think you, she's obviously in the news, and I give her credit for. I know she's a friend of yours, but for even coming on and discussing what's been a, a, a terrible week for. Her. So um, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I want to give her the platform to be able to like speak her mind and you know get her feelings out there because she's got some she's got some feelings about it. And um so guys, please subscribe to us. Don't forget about us, tell your friends about us. <laughs> there you go. We will see you Thanks. next week.